All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Bourbon Hound Podcast with Rob McDonald and Mike Teeples, two bourbon hounds on the hunt for their next bottle. All right. So welcome to episode one of the Bourbon Hound Podcast. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, um, my name is Rob McDonald, and I'm here with my friend Mike Teeples. We're both bourbon hounds, and uh, we're on the hunt for our next bourbon bottle for a bourbon experience. And um, Mike, tonight I've got a bottle of uh, Russell's 10-year here, and uh, that's kind of been my latest go-to. I'm going to pop one open here and uh, pour a little bit. This bottle, for me, I had a pour of it a couple weeks ago, and uh, back when you could still go to your local watering hole, and uh, man, it really had a lot of vanilla and uh, caramel and some of that um, chocolate, dark chocolate, I would say, covered uh, almost like a cordial, like a, a chocolate-covered cherry, but with that vanilla cream in the middle. And uh, man, it really stands up to ice, and so I've been loving that. And uh, anyway, um, what are you drinking tonight, Mike? Well, I uh, I've got a decanter I'm working on right now that I've I've filled. My mom and dad sent me one with my name on it. I was pretty excited about that, and I have filled that with some Larceny. My first my first uh, pour in the decanter, I think I mentioned to you, Rob, was Ancient Age. I wanted to do something. Uh, that I liked, but was on the cheap. So I wasn't that uh, highfalutin guy for my first pour in my decanter, but this one's <laughs> Larceny and that is what I'm drinking with a little bit of ice in it myself. Okay, I like it. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, Ancient Age and uh, we'd had a little discussion about that earlier, uh, about Ancient Age and um, kind of our bourbon, our whiskey journey. And that was one of the uh, the precursors in my whiskey journey, journey with some Ancient Age. and. Um, so I might just jump into just a little bit here, episode one, uh, a little bit about who I am and, and how I got into some bourbon and we can bounce back and forth here, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, that sounds good, Rob. Okay. Well, uh, so, so Mike and I, we know each other professionally and, and, uh, we've known each other for a while and, uh, we happened to be at a conference in, uh, Phoenix, I think it was, and, uh, kind of sat down over a cocktail and we started talking about uh, whiskeys and then bourbons and all of a sudden we found out man uh, we've got a lot in common when it comes to that and so uh, the idea of this podcast kind of jumped in from that so um, anyway I work in the telecommunication industry and uh, from the midwest and uh, I'm into all things outdoors whether it's hunting or fishing or hiking uh, foraging uh, live on a cow calf ranch with my family, and so we spend a lot of time outdoors. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of who I am and what I'm into, and um, and yeah, the the bourbon for sure. Um, that's the the catalyst for this podcast. Well, uh, yeah. So you know, Rob mentioned that uh, the telecom industry. I'm in the financial consulting side of the telecom industry. We work with uh, rural telephone companies all across the nation. Which, with this uh, coronavirus situation going on, they've become the lifeblood of their communities. I'm pretty proud of the work that that they do and what we do to support them. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm also uh, was was pretty surprised. I've got a few clients uh, that I've gotten to know and that have become fast friends over the years. And when we start talking. 
uh, about some of the things we're into. We got so much in common that it makes things really fun. And, and bourbon is certainly one of those. I'm a, I'm a motorcycle guy. I like to collect uh, some custom made knives. I've been into that for a while. I've done a few uh, articles on things like that. But the bourbon has been really fun with, with uh, the work that I do. I travel all over the country, get to visit uh, telephone companies in some semi-rural semi and then very rural areas. And a lot of times it's amazing. I can find bourbons out on the road that I can't find here where I live in Colorado Springs. So that's kind of what peaked things for me was, um, you know, finding, finding these rare gems and sometimes going to a really small town where um, maybe, maybe people are just, just drinking Jim Beam, which I love, by the way, not taking a shot at, at Jim Beam. But all of a sudden I find a bottle of Weller or something on the shelf there that I couldn't get anywhere in Colorado Springs. Certainly not at a reasonable price if I even did find it. And um, found out that, uh, um, that uh, it's been pretty fun to kind of do the bourbon hunt just overall. Um, so that's kind of, you know, who I am and, and where I live here in, in Colorado Springs. But um, the other thing we were going to talk about, Rob, a little bit was uh, what was your first bourbon experience? Yeah, yeah, my first bourbon experience. So I've got to say probably the first bourbon experience I can remember, I was probably like my early high school days at a extended family barbecue and some of my granddad's first cousins were sitting around the, we'd call it the family circle, you know, everybody buffet through the barbecue line and fill their plates, whether it was Memorial weekend or 4th of July, some sort of holiday, maybe a fish fry. And, uh, I, I remember one of those, uh, I guess a you know distant cousin of mine, and uh, had a had a glass of, I think it was Wild Turkey 101. It might have been the 81, but anyway, it was Wild Turkey. And hey, you know, here have a have a swig of this, young man. It'll put some hair on your chest. And man, I didn't know what I'd got into. You know, warmed me up pretty quick. And I thought, wow, I, I'm not sure about this. But uh, <laughs> I think the first time I really decided that maybe I liked bourbon. I was in college and uh, I had a, a buddy of mine. We had a, a <clears throat> study group one evening and he showed up with a half gallon of uh, of Jim Beam white label. And uh, so we, we got to studying and, and pouring Jim Beam. I don't know how much studying we actually got done, but I remember thinking that at that time I was, uh, you know, a Keystone Light kind of guy. I didn't have a lot of money and was just kind of getting my feet under me when it came to that kind of scene. And anyway, I remember it, it struck me when uh, I'd said something about adding some Coke to my Jim Beam and he'd kind of taken some offense that I was going to ruin his good bourbon with some soda, you know? And so that kind of <laughs> opened a new world to me that was like, Hey, that's a thing. Like I, I thought you just drank whiskey with, uh, with Coke or Mountain Dew or something. So yeah, that's my, uh, my first bourbon experience that started my journey. How about you, Mike? That's, that's funny. So uh, I, was, I was thinking about this and we, we talked about this ahead of time. And, and uh, the first time I had bourbon ever in my life, I think I was maybe 13 or 14 years old, got strep throat. And uh, we couldn't, we lived in Germany because my dad was in the service and we couldn't get into the clinic right away. It was going to be a little bit of time. So my dad poured me a shot of some sort of bourbon. My dad didn't drink much, so who knows what he had on the shelf. But I had a couple of swigs of that and, you know, lo and behold, I couldn't feel that sore throat anymore. And uh, I think about three shots in, uh, I think my, my throat was just fine, but I was gone at 13 or 14 years old. So that, that's the first time I ever had bourbon, but I couldn't tell you, Rob, what I drank or what that was. The first time I remember what it was, it was, it was a wild turkey 
101 in college up in Wisconsin, and I'm sure it was probably on fire at some point before we uh, had our had our first first shot of that. And then from there, from there, it was a graduation for me um, from you know beer all the time and just trying to avoid putting so many calories in my body, but uh, finding something I liked the taste of and did a lot of honestly a lot of Jim Beam and diet. That was probably my go-to drink for for quite a while, and still like it today. I'm definitely a Jim Beam over Jack guy, um, but I but I do like the Jim Beam. Okay, so <clears throat> where are you at now in your bourbon journey? As far as um, you know, you mentioned the hunt. Um, you know, what are some of those distilleries that you're looking for when you're on the hunt? Um, maybe uh, you know, how are you taking your bourbon? Is it on the rocks? Do you like it neat? uh mixers um uh, just kind of where you where are you at on your journey mike yeah it depends depends on what i get my hands on you know obviously uh for me i'm kind of kind of like your buddy was in college if i get something that that i want to taste and make sure you know i've spent maybe a few dollars on but also maybe something that's just hard to find i, I really want to just i want to taste it you know so for me my dad says you don't put anything in your drink at all. You don't put ice in it. You don't put water in it. You just drink it the way they made it, and that's how you should sample it. But I don't agree with him. I've I've uh, I've always put a few cubes of ice in my in my uh, bourbon for sure. Um, so that's kind of my general way of drinking it. Um, I will tell you that I am I am not a very refined palate kind of guy right now. I'm kind of developing my palate. I've got a few tasting charts and tasting wheels and working my way through that and trying to learn a little more about some of the flavor profiles. Um, and that's difficult for me. I have a hard time. I know if I like something um, and that's you know pretty much where that stops. So right now, um, I really enjoy the hunt. I'm kind of a collector by nature. I like to go and find things that are hard to get your hands on. And you know, I'm in the financial services world, but I've got an accounting degree. I like to say I'm not cheap, but I look for value. And the reality is I like to find those, those bourbons out when I'm, when I'm hunting and when I'm looking for something that are kind of regular retail price. Um, if I can find one of the, you know, small bottles of, of Weller for somewhere under 30 bucks, I feel pretty good about that. I live in Colorado Springs. A lot of times the local liquor stores will, will gouge you and throw that up to 60 or 65 bucks. I've even seen recently for a small bottle. So that one I try not to pay for. I try to find that rare gem. I'm kind of looking for, I like the hunt, man. I like to find something. And most often I'll, I'll bring stuff back, add it to my collection. And once I get a second bottle of something, then that's when I crack that second bottle and I'll bring some buddies over and we'll do a whiskey tasting. And I, I really like to share the experience of something that's hard to find that I found on the road with some people here locally that I know are into the same, you know, bourbon hunt that I am. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at. How about, how about you, Rob? Yeah. So you, you touched on some things that I think are pretty key takeaways uh, when it comes to your bourbon journey. And uh, we're not too far apart, uh, you and I on our journey. And so um, I'm always looking for some of those bottles. Um, and it's interesting um, what one area uh, can be pretty commonplace and you go to someplace else. And, and like you mentioned, I can pick up a lot of times I can pick up a, a 750 ml liter or a bottle of, um, of Weller, just the reserve for 25 bucks. And uh, you're mentioning that it's, you know, 60 or, or over where you're at. Um, so, you know, there's that, the hunt, um, but you'd mentioned, you know, developing that palate. And I think we're always, um, we don't finish that developing our palate. And so one of the things that I try to do um, is when I smell things, whether that's uh, fresh baked bread or cinnamon rolls or fruits or 
flowers or things, I try and make a note of that, you know, when I'm out and about, not, not drinking, but just in my everyday and, and, you know, oh yeah, that's what a tangerine smells like, or that's what peaches smell like when you cut them open, or that's, that's what an orange rind smells like. And so try and just lock that away and remember. So when I, um, you know, put my nose on a new bottle of bourbon, or maybe I go back to an old favorite, um, you know, that I can kind of have something to, if you haven't had that experience of what does a fresh nutmeg grated into some pancake batter, what does that really smell like, you know? And so uh, I'm, I make an effort, I guess, to try to pick up on some of those things and remember it. Not that, not that I'm the best at it, um, but that's part of my journey right now. Um, and then just trying to, to grow my group of um, people that like to enjoy bourbons. You know, it, it's a lot more fun to sit down with somebody else over a new bottle or uh, even an old favorite. You know, I mentioned that uh, I recently picked up a, a half gallon of ancient age and uh, I bought it mostly because I had good memories from college about hanging out with some of my buddies and and having some A&A we called it you know and um, I, I definitely like it because it's you know Buffalo Trace mash bill too and uh, it's the same the same substance you know the Elmer Lee and and the Blanton's comes from it's it's not that caliber of whiskey but it's the same distillery the same mash bill and so there's all that around it, you know, but at the end of the day, I saw that bottle, I saw that label liquor store and I was like, man, that's my old, in fact, I had to send a message to one of my old college buddies, shot him a picture, you know, and said, Hey, here's cheers to you, buddy. You know, and he knew exactly what I meant when I sent that. So, and that's the, that's the plastic bottle of ancient age, right? You pick up for generally sub 20 bucks. Yep. And I'll tell you, I was on the road, uh, man, last year, and uh, one of my coworkers, Darren, was was telling me if you ever get your hands on this this stuff called ancient ancient age, it's aged ten years, still in a plastic bottle. It's a little bit shinier wrapper, and it, it looks looks pretty cool. I've got a bottle of that sitting in my garage actually. And uh, next time we get together in person, Rob, we'll have to crack that bad boy together and uh, yeah. relive our, our roots with us. That's some high dollar uh, ancient ancient age, <laughs> which is maybe in the 30 range instead of 20. Yeah. Yeah. I think I paid $17.99 for that half gallon. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, I, that's that's kind of where, where, you know, where you're at in your journey, but what, what's the latest find that you found, Rob? What's, what'd you come up with most recently? Oh man, you know, um, I can go back and forth about different uh, bottles that I've been looking for. Um, lately, I've been on a lot of the, um, the night like this Russell's, this nice, uh, sweet vanilla cherry note. Um, and I found that in the Makers 46. Uh, I found that in the uh, Roses small batch. Um, Are you still there, Mike? Yep. Yep. Sorry, I thought we lost you there for a minute, but you're back. Yeah. Yeah. My my laptop switched to a different Wi-Fi there, but had a little hiccup on episode one, and I don't think that's a big deal to be expected. But uh, yeah, my latest find um, has got to be you know I've been on this uh, I mentioned this Russell's Ten, and it's got that nice vanilla caramel note. A lot. It's real. It's well rounded. Uh, it's not a high proof, so it's not too spicy. Um, so I've kind of been in that mode lately. Um, and, and in there is like the, uh, makers 46 
um, the, the Four Roses small batch. Um, I'm finding that I like that. Or Four Roses single barrel, I think it is. Um, the probably, yeah, honestly, my, my latest find that I've been looking for for a while and just couldn't get my hands on it was some uh, Evan Williams Bottled and Bond, believe it or not. You know, a budget whiskey, a nice smooth drinker. I'd never had the white label. I'd never had the Bottled and Bond. And actually this evening I had to, had to go do a little grocery shopping and stopped at a local uh, store. It's one of my favorite stops. And uh, lo and behold, I looked down there, I picked up a bottle of uh, some Weller uh, Special Reserve to kind of replenish. And right below it right there was some Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. So you can believe I snatched that up. Nice, man. The Bottled and Bond is is fun. If, if people haven't heard about that, we'll have to do a another episode where we talk about bottled and bond and what that means and what goes into that. Cause I've actually done a bottled and bond tasting at my house with a bunch of guys locally, but we can talk about that at another time. That, that was a pretty fun little process. We kind of mm -hmm. did a tasting where it was NCAA bracket basketball style. It kind of set up four bourbons, mono a mono winner takes all. And then the next time we got together, we had another four and then we took winner versus winner, tried to pair it, pair down to something that we thought was the best of the bunch in the bottled and bond uh, category. But nice. we can talk about that another I like it. I like it. Yeah. So how about you, Mike? What's your, uh, what's your unicorn out there that you're looking for? Unicorn, man, that's tough. Um, for a while I've had a, uh, you know, Elmer T. Lee was one. I watched a show called Justified. Uh, that was, that was kind of about a Texas Ranger on TV. And one of the guys liked his Elmer T when he walked into the bar. So I've been looking for Elmer T. Lee for quite a while. The story for me behind that was, I uh, had my name on several lists at uh, several liquor stores here in Colorado Springs to get a bottle, a bottle of Elmer tea. And if you can find it, it's, you know, it's 40 bucks. So not really high dollar, um, but really good stuff from what I was told, but I had no idea. Uh, I had my name on lists all over town and had never been called. It had been years and then had a work trip that took me out to Nashville and they had a bottle of Elmer tea on the shelf. And, um, so I asked the guy, I said, Hey, how much for that bottle of Elmer tea? And he said, it's 80 bucks. And I said, man, that's double what the retail price should be, but I'm in Nashville and I haven't seen it in two years. Here's my $80. I'm taking it home. So when I travel, I've got a, a little bubble wrap container that I carry with me and I'll have to check that bag obviously when I'm coming home, but uh -huh. I have had several bottles survive the trip back and haven't had any, any breakage so far. I just pack it in the bubble wrap and put, you know, clothes around that. But I got the Elmer T. Lee back. And then I got a call the next day here in town from a liquor store locally that said, we've got your bottle of Elmer T. in for 40 bucks. So I went <laughs> no down kidding. and picked, no kidding, man. So I went down and I picked it up. So now my blended price for these two bottles of Elmer T. is 60 bucks a bottle. And I've got two of them. So you know what that means for me. I'm cracking one. I'm going to give it a shot. So at nice. the time, my wife was upstairs and my kids are upstairs. And I, uh, I crack one of the bottles. I don't know which one it was. I just cracked one and I made this noise. I just went, <laughs> and my wife comes downstairs and she says, uh, what's going on? I said, I swear to God, magic just came out of the bottle, man. When I opened this lid, it was a mist. It was like fairy dust. I can't wait to get this in my mouth. And, uh, man, we, we poured a couple of glasses of the Elmer tea and it lived up to the hype, man. It was absolutely fantastic. So, um, that was my latest, you know, you know, big find of something I'd been waiting for for a couple of years, which, you know, to be honest, whether it's Pappy or Rock Hill Farms or, you know, Elmer T, whatever you're looking for, um, you know, 
sometimes the weight makes it worthwhile, you know, and I don't know, you know, my wife said, you know, Hey, that, uh, that LMRT you opened must've been the one you traveled with and you built up some condensation and that was the magic fairy dust. I don't go. care about the science behind it. For me, it was magic and it was delicious. And I was, I was pretty happy. So something about the buildup and the hunt and all that really makes it, makes it better for me. I like the whole process of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll, we'll wrap up episode one here and look forward to, man, there's so many topics out there. Just some that we touched on, uh, this evening about, uh, whether that's bottled in bond or, uh, setting up a tasting or traveling with bourbon and, uh, all sorts of things that we could visit about. So, uh, I look forward to episode two, um, for all you bourbon hounds out there, make sure you go follow us at Instagram if you're there at, uh, at the bourbon hound podcast. And we've also got a Facebook group. If you want to go join that, we'd love to have you. It's uh, all things bourbon and uh, post your pictures, conversation. Uh, we're kind of getting our feet under us. And uh, that's the uh, at the bourbon hound podcast Facebook group. Mike, you got anything, any, any words of wisdom we need to sign off with? You know, I just, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, exploring, exploring and letting, expanding my knowledge base of bourbon along, along the way here. Um, but overall, man, I, it's, it's, uh, I was telling you, I'm kind of into motorcycles and uh, you know, it's one of those things where, where we're all on this journey together. It doesn't matter whether you're riding a Harley or a BMW or a Honda. I kind of like that motorcycle wave that I get when I'm riding down the highway, just the camaraderie of being on a bike together. And I feel the same way about bourbon. Um, I try not to get too hung up on the fact that somebody likes theirs with ice or somebody likes theirs as a mixer or whatever. At the end of the day, it's just, it's fun to really just try some new things and, um, and, and kind of be in this, this kind of this club together. So I'm looking forward to exploring where we can go with this, man. All right. Absolutely. So, I think what I heard you say was it's it's not the destination. It's going to be our bourbon journey together. And I would def definitely raise a glass to that and say cheers. Cheers, Rob. All right.